It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. In today's show, we're talking Philadelphia 76ers with the host of the Locked On 76ers podcast, Keith Pompey. Michael Bolton, he's here as well. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We're going to talk Philadelphia 76ers today. So, hey, let's... Uh, Let's bring in the host of the Locked On Sixers podcast. All right, let's bring him in now. The host of the Locked On 76ers podcast, Keith Pompey, is here with me. Keith, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem at all. Of course, the big question, we, normally when I do these these shows, we talk about um, yeah, what's the starting lineup. But again, this team is so in flux, Keith, that I don't think it's, we don't need to waste our time. I think you're going through what the projected starting lineup is because that would include Ben Simmons and this team is not going to include Ben Simmons, it appears, by your reporting a uh, a few weeks ago. Um, is there any chance that Simmons is actually uh, is actually on this team when uh, when the season begins? Depends on what type of deal they get. Um, you know, uh, you know, I'm inclined to think that they'll trade him before the start of the season, just because um, it's going to be a circus if they don't. You know. Um, but you know, if they don't get a deal, they, they say they're prepared to keep them on there until they get what they want. Um, but I don't know, man, for fantasy basketball people, I know they wish that hoping Harry Upton gets traded so they can use them for another team and they will pick up some other players. Yeah. I've said this yeah, a few times on the podcast that I don't think there's really any situation that Simmons goes to that's going to be any worse than where he currently is in Philadelphia. Like, he's not going to go to a spot where he is coming off the bench or completely marginalized. So whatever his value is, wherever you're looking to draft him, if you're drafting him considering he's playing for Philadelphia, that's almost it's almost worst-case scenario for his overall value. But your, your report a few weeks ago was saying that if he wasn't traded, that he was not going to report to camp. Like, what's, what's the latest on that? Still the same. I mean, he still does not want to report to camp. You know, it's one of those things, as I said a couple of weeks ago, where, you know, the 76ers would like him to report, but they really want him to report so he can raise his trade value, thinking it's good. And at this particular time, he could care less about his trade value um, because there are teams who really want Ben Simmons, but they're just not willing to give up King's ransom uh, for, uh, for him. So it's not like people don't want him. He, he realizes that, you know, it, it's one of those things where you can trade me if you want to. It's just that you don't want to right now. You don't want to do it for this price. So he could care less about coming back and being a part of the organization. 
So in terms of, yeah, we don't really say that. We don't see players you know, not reporting to camp and not showing up unless there's sort of mutual agreements. Yeah, mid-season, we saw it with Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond last season, Anthony Davis back before he was traded. They said, you just go home, keep yourself healthy. But that was you know, halfway, three quarters of the way through the season. We don't really see this this sort of thing happening in the NBA with training camp and holdouts into the regular season. Do you th- Who do you think blinks first, if anyone blinks? I think the Sixers do. And, and, and the reason being is because, you know, the way Ben Simmons' contract is set up, like they pay his money in installments. And he's already received $8.3 million this season. Um, he received it on, in, I believe it was July 1. Um, he's set to receive another eight point three on October the 1st. So it's kind of sort of like, yes, you're saying you're going to find him, but you already gave him two installments of his paycheck. So I feel as if that, you know, the Sixers are inclined to blink first just because, um, you know, this guy is getting paid. It's like you're going to find him, but he's already got $16.6 million in the bank. So in terms of a Ben Simmons deal, of course, we don't know know, what's going to happen or who's going to be moved or anything like that. But just in terms of the general framework, the reporting seems to have been the Sixers are holding out because they don't want, you know, parts and prospects and draft picks. They want a ready-made sort of player in the name that always is, all the names that are thrown around is Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, or CJ McCollum. Like those names are the names that continually get thrown around. But I'll frame it a little bit differently when asking you here, Keith. If Simmons is dealt, which again, we all assume is going to happen, do they need to get a point guard back in this deal or are they happy to go into the season with Tyrese Maxey as their starting point guard? Because Maxey's probably more of a, of a scoring guard a, a a shoot first, score first type point guard rather than a distributor the way that Simmons is? Do they need to get someone in there to be a another sort of ball handler in a Simmons deal? I think they do. I, I'm a, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Tyrese Maxey. And, and, but it's kind of like what you said, you know, he's more of a, he's more of the new age type of point guard, a guy who go in there and get buckets, score, does a lot of other things. But for this particular team, when you have a guy like a Joel Embiid, who's going to take um, the bulk of the shots and, and a Tobias Harris and a Seth Curry, the point guard that you're going to need is a guy who's going to be, he can make his own shot, but he's going to be like a facilitator, more of a, a pass first type of guy. And so, yes, I believe they need a new point guard. Yeah, because the the other options they got those guys who are nominally listed as point guards. You know, Seth Curry maybe he could be a point guard. Tyrese Maxey maybe he's a point guard. Shake Milton the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. These are not guys yep. who are known for vision and setting guys up and, and running an offense necessarily. They can do it in small little bursts and, and maybe and Tyrese probably has the highest upside to do that long term. But you know they're, they're not at that level yet. So it is going to be really intriguing to see what sort of players come back in a package for Simmons. Are you what are you hearing is the most likely destination? if you're hearing anything at all you know it's weird like you you're hearing the two two destinations you're hearing minnesota and and portland you're not hearing portland as much as you used to but like minnesota i mean it looks like you know they really they have new ownership they really want to make a splash they want to get someone who can play alongside uh, carl anthony towns you know so that that's what you're hearing you also look at a team like portland where, you know, they look at it to whereas it could be a thing where you can bring Ben Simmons in, um, you can trade C.J. McCollum. Of course, the 76ers want Dame Lillard, but I don't know if they're willing enough to wait as long as it will take 
to get a guy of, of, of his stature. Um, so those are the two teams that you're hearing, you know, for um, uh, Minnesota and, and, and Portland. I wrote about this for Yahoo during the week, and, and I really I really think the Minnesota one is an interesting one um, because I think most likely, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, that the Timberwolves would be looking to send back like a D'Angelo Russell in that deal who sort of does fit that mold for Philadelphia as someone who can shoot but can also be a guy that, that has pretty good passing ability, and I think that would work alongside Joel Embiid and, and the rest of the Sixers guys, and he would be maybe a Tim and, and Malik Beasley in that sort of a deal to come across. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that that would be the sort of package that Philadelphia not necessarily would be happy with, but would be considered at least not a complete loss in a trade. Yeah, yeah. Now, the, the, the whole thing about that is, like, those two guys are great. And if they can also somehow get the guy, Jaden McDaniels, the, yeah. um, the the guy, you know, the power forward, if they can get him in there, I think that will be a good mix of three players for Ben. But it also, I think the 76ers also want, you know, some draft picks. And I, I know that's not really what the, the fantasy thing is all about, but I think that could be a holdup. But those three players, yes, it would be great. Now, my only question is, you know, we look at it, but, um, you know, um, the point guard would have to uh, – Russell would have to play a little differently than he's yeah. used to. Now, I know he had Carl Anthony and all that, but in this system, you're not going to come down and you're not. it's not going to be about Russell being the first option, so to speak. So he's going to have to, you know, slow down and, and, and pass a little bit more. Like you said, he's a great passer but he's going to have to pass a little bit more than he's used to while playing with Embiid. Yeah, we saw him do it a little bit towards the end of last season when Anthony Edwards took a step forward and he was yeah, playing mm-hmm. more, you know, more. He came off the bench for a lot of that time as well, um, playing as that third guy behind Edwards and Towns. So I think he, I think he can do it, especially if you know, he's going to mm-hmm. get humbled by getting traded for about the fourth time in his career. Perhaps that would be, mm-hmm. a, be a, a thing that I, I think that could work. I think that's something that, that could work. Keith, before we get on to the next part of the show, Football is back and the best place to place all of your football betting action, whether it's pro or college. It's Bet Online. We saw the season opener go down yesterday, and Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of your football betting action. So head to the website, use your mobile device, and you can sign up and you can receive a 100% welcome bonus by using our promo code LOCKED ON. Also, join online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest at Bet Online. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing or even your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait. Take advantage of all their offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Also, you watch, you will, I'm sure you watched the season opener, the NFL last night. That's on one device. You've got your other favorite shows that you want to watch on another. You watch your highlights on your phone, and then you get your friends log in for something else. This is too much clutter, different remotes, different logins. It's all over the place. There's so much stuff going on. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get your TV together without the hassle and a great way to get everything all in one spot, and it's called Direct TV Stream. Brings your live TV and on-demand shows all together at once. So you get one place to watch your favorite sports, movies, and TV shows. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. All right, so let's move on a little bit from the Simmons stuff here, Keith. And I want to talk about what's sort of moving on from him. Tyrese Maxey, I thought he was a guy that slid too far in the draft last season. I thought he was impressive, especially early on in the year when the Sixers had all those COVID issues and he had to step up and he did really well. He obviously looked great in summer league. Um, To me, 
in, in, correct me if I'm wrong here, he has clearly passed Shake Milton in terms of even if you know, Simmons was to remain or Russell comes in and is going to be that starting point guard, that Maxi would be, I think, that first guard off the bench ahead of a, a Shake Milton. And he's probably looking at a pretty solid 20, 23 minute a night role this season. Yeah, yeah. In regards to a guard, in regards to being a ball handler, yeah, I would agree with that. That the guy who I think would be the first guard off the bench is the Australian uh, Matisse Thibel. You know what I mean? But um, but in regards to a ball handler, I have to say yes. I mean, when you look at Shake Milton, I, I think that you know Shake Milton was a guy who had was a point guard because they didn't have another one. He's more of a two, an undersized two a scorer. But when you look at Maxi again, he's a scorer as well, but he can penetrate. He can dish. Like you said, you know, he's a guy who should have been drafted a whole lot sooner than he was. And, you know, in the playoffs, both of those guys really produce well for the Sixers and they both basically won games for the Sixers. But I think that in game six, what Maxi did in game six basically solidified him because they were on the road in a hostile environment, a place where a rookie is not supposed to play well, and he, he willed them to victory. And he's done that a lot. There's certain times when he started um, out of necessity, and he scored over 30 points in two of those games. So he's the type of guy that you give him minutes, he can come out and produce. And I will have to say, yes, he has surpassed Shake Milton in regards to you know, coming off the bench and being a, a a vital ball handler for the 76ers. He's a guy that I get a lot of questions about for this upcoming season for fantasy people. Like, you know, Simmons is going to get traded. So yeah, Max is going to be a great draft pick. And while, you know, obviously I agree with you that he's jumped ahead of Shake. Like as we've detailed earlier in this show, there, there is probably going to be another point guard coming back. So it's not as simple as, well, Max Simmons is gone. Maxi plays 35 minutes a night and, and goes from you. I don't think that's what Maury and the Sixers would be planning on or hoping for, that they're just pushing him into that larger. Or maybe if worse comes to worse, they'd be okay with it but I, I don't really think that there's a huge chance of that being the case nah nah I don't uh, you know what and this is old and the reason why I'm thinking about this is because they have an assistant coach on their team and 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 Sam Cassell I look at Maxie's role as if when Sam Cassell was a rookie and, and a second year player with the Houston Rockets whereas you know they had a starting point guard but he came in and he gave them vital minutes they weren't afraid to close out games with them. They weren't afraid to to run the offense through them at times. But, you know, so he's going to be vital. He's just not in this stage of his career, you know, going to be that starter. But I do expect, like, he's the type of guy that you want to pick up because, you know, you may not start him early on in the season, but you know towards the end of the year he's going to get progressively better. And he's he has just a huge upside, and I think that he's a, a going to be a vital pickup for anybody. You um you mentioned this guy's name because he's another guy that I get a lot of questions about, and that is Matisse Thybul because people saw him in the Olympics and they went, oh look what Matisse is doing. Maybe there is this offensive upside, and he's going to have a breakout season. And the way that I you know, couch that question, that people say, well, I got I don't really see Keith the the minutes or the increased role that's there for him. Like he'll play his 22, 23 minutes. Hopefully he can develop a little bit more offensively, but there's still Danny Green and there's still Seth Curry, both ahead of him, exactly the same as it was last season. And there is Tyrese Maxey and Sheik Milton and Furkan Korkmaz coming off the bench. So 
Is there any hope of Thibault's role improving at all this season? I don't really see how that happens, barring you know catastrophic or, or wholesale or catastrophic injuries or wholesale changes through the trade. Yeah, and like you know what, that that's a great question because I mean, my thing, I think a lot of it will depend on what Danny Green does. Yep. Like if Danny Green comes out and he performs well, then the 76ers may say, "Well, you know what, Matisse, we love you, and and, and you have progressed." but we want you to come off the bench, right? But if Danny Green, is, who's a whole lot older than him, I think he might be, what, 34, yeah, 35 now? 35, yeah. Yeah, 30. Um, you know, it's one of those things. If he shows his age, then I think Matisse could blossom. And and another thing is the, the thing about Matisse is we all know what he can do um, on a defensive end, but he's never he never really had an opportunity to get a summer because of COVID to, to focus on his offense. I think he gained some confidence in the playoff. He gained more confidence, you know, playing on the Australian national team, the Boomers. And I think that, you know, right now he was a guy who was in, um, who was, you know, in the gym uh, working on his shot. So, but I do believe if Danny Green, if Danny Green struggles a little bit, I think they may go with the young one because in the offense, he can be a guy who they look, especially if Ben leaves, he's going to be a guy that's going to be the primary defender, so to speak, of opposing teams' best offensive player. That brings me into the last question that we're going to talk about here, Keith, and that is the injuries. Because you mentioned Danny Green. Now, you say mm-hmm. Danny Green struggles. He went out in the playoffs with a calf injury, and coincidentally or not, you can frame the however you want, but when he went down, Sixers lost, and they got bundled out of the yeah. playoffs. Now, whether that was... The we know the well publicized Simmons issues in the playoffs, but Danny Green went out and they got beaten. And I'm not saying that that's related, but everywhere Danny Green goes, he contributes to teams being really, really good. So, how is his calf injury? Um, is he ready to go? I, I assume he is. Yeah, he is. It was one of those things where, um, you know, I was talking to sources and everything, don't when it happened. It was one of those things where they felt like, you know, he would have been able to come back if the Sixers would have advanced in the playoffs, they felt like he would have been able to play at some point in the Eastern conference, you know? Um, so he's fine. Um, so I, I think that, you know, he, he'll, he'll be ready to go and, and everything. And let's face it. He had a couple months to, to test it out and everything like that. So, you know, he's fine. He's fine. And the other one, the big one, of course, let's talk about the big fella. Joel Embiid had that torn meniscus. I think it was in his knee that he played through. What happened in the offseason there? Was there any surgeries? there any lingering concerns about that particular knee injury heading into training camp, or is uh, he ready to go? He's ready to go as well. Now, you know, what they're saying is that he doesn't have to have surgery at all. And, and to be honest with you, man, it, it was one of those things where, like, when he first went down, I was like, oh, man, they're done. Yeah. And then, like, two days later, he didn't play in the game, but you see him out on the floor – going through a regular rigorous workout and you're like is his knee really bothering him as much now now again when they were playing every other night in the playoffs you can see like the fatigue he kept messing with the knee brace the whole nine but yeah they say that he looked his knee is fine and when you look at him he looks like to be in the best shape um of his career right now 
The question, just to add on to this Embiid, then I'll let you get out of here, Keith. The last question about Embiid is that people will be always hesitant about drafting him in fantasy because they're like, oh, he sits all back-to-backs. But let's let's dispel that now because he played in a chunk of back-to-backs last season. There will be some, I am sure, that he sits this season, but it is not, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, it is not a plan for the Sixers to go in saying Joel Embiid is sitting one game of every back-to-back this season. Yeah, that's not the plan. I mean, I, I think to him personally... He knows the knock on him, and it's, it's one of those things where he really wants to will himself to play. And also, you know, guys always say team first, right? Mm. They always say that. And I'm really intrigued of, to see what Joel's going to do because even though he'll say team first, you know he's itching to play as many games as he can because in his eyes, he was the MVP last year. He just so happened to not play in enough games And that's the reason why he didn't get the votes. And when you look at it, I believe Joel only got like nine votes or something like that for first place. I believe that's the number. So that's motivation enough for this guy to come out and try to prove everyone wrong and to dominate this year. Yeah, I've said that on this podcast before. Like, don't be surprised if, you know, if is this the season that he plays 75 games? It really could be. Like, it might not be, but we're not, yeah, mm-hmm. he's not one of those guys where we just, all right, just wipe 13 games off straight away because he's sitting every back-to-back. That's just not what is going to happen. They'll, they'll play it by ear and they'll see how he's going. Keith, that'll do it for us. Thank you again for coming on, chatting about the Sixers with us. You've got a busy time coming up when this Simmons trade eventually does go down and all of the news will be over on the Locked On 76ers podcast. Keith, thanks for coming on with me. And thanks for having me, my man. All right. Well, that was great chatting with Keith about the Philadelphia 76ers before we get out of here. I've got to tell you about Rock Auto. It is the best place to look for parts for your car. You don't want to go to a local chain auto parts store. That's a waste of time and everybody's money. You're going to go to the bloke behind the counter. He's going to tell you he's going to have to look up the part. And he's going to have to order it and you have to pay too much for it. Get that garbage out of here. Go to rockauto.com and find all the parts available for your car or truck right there on their website. Search whatever it is, part you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. And when you do that, go to rockauto.com and tell us or tell them in their How Did You Hear About Us box that Locked On sent you. So just right locked on so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com you know what it is the best tasting protein bar ever it is of course built bar these bars are unbelievably delicious i'm still built bar if you're out there send me the coconut brownie chunk i want to have a crack at those ones they sound delicious but cookies and cream is there raspberries there strawberry orange all of the great delicious flavors but they are not just delicious. They are also good for you. They are healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, only four to five grams of sugar across the bars and four to five grams of net carbs. So get yourself a mixed box, get yourself a box of cookies and cream, get yourself some grasshopper cookie flavors, whatever it is, get yourself some Built Bars and do it at Built.com. I'm using the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. That is Built.com using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Built Bar are the best tasting protein bars ever. That will do it for us today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Leave a thumbs up on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.
Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.